Welcome, everyone. This is the Sport Universe's newest podcast, The Soccer Universe. My name is Archer Reddy. I'm a student at NYU studying economics and comp sci, and I've recently joined the soccer side of the sports universe. And with me, I have Yashish and Fran. Yashish? Um, hello. Hi. I'm Yashish Shadani. I, too, am a freshman at NYU CAS. Um, I joined Soccer Universe just a few weeks ago. And I'm excited for this podcast and everything in the future. What's up, guys? I'm Fran. Uh, also just joined the sports universe. Uh, I graduated from NYU in May, so I'm a little older than you guys. Please respect me accordingly. Uh, yes. And yeah, I'm excited to start our podcast. All right. So um, the first topic on the table is uh, the UCL returns this week. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on... Like his predictions for the group stage, as well as what do you think will be like the most uh, intense group? What teams should we look out for? Yep. So, um, I mean, I feel like the group of death or the so-called group of death this year has to be the one with uh, United, PSG, and RB Leipzig in it. I mean, there are two semi-finalists, and United just the name itself has a lot of value, and well, <laughs> United fans in there. Aspirations. I think I can say that. Um, and that, that's going to be an exciting group to look at because United has like the potential of performing well against bigger teams because of their counter-attacking abilities. And we all know what RP Leipzig can do. They beat the likes of um, Atletico Madrid even without Timo Werner. Um, and well, PSG, the finalists, they could have easily won it if Mbappe wouldn't like scuff that one chance he had in the finals. Uh, so I'm. That's the one group I'm going to look forward to a lot. And the second group that I fi- I feel like is the one to look out for is the one with Juventus and Barcelona. Finally, oh, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. I'm so excited for that. I just can't wait for it. So yeah, that those are the two groups personally that I'm ex- extremely excited for. Yeah, I'm very excited for the uh, Juventus Barcelona group. I just think um, we can finally see how Ronaldo performs against Messi with the, with his new team. I also think both players are going to be returning to this season a lot hungrier than last year. I think Ronaldo got knocked out, even though he scored a brace against Lyon. It still didn't like it wasn't enough to get past them. And Messi got knocked out of the Champions League in probably the most humiliating way that we've seen, at least in recent history. And that's happened three years in a row now as well with Roma and Liverpool. So. I think both players are coming into the season a lot more hungry, I guess, aggressive. And I think, I, I, I just think this game, that those two games will be like shootouts. I think it's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of goals between like, both sides. Even though I'm a Man United fan, I'm actually the most excited for uh, the Liverpool group. So Liverpool, Atalanta, Ajax, and uh, Midtjylland. I think that's the right way to pronounce it. Mostly because I feel like we're going to bomb out of the Champions League in our group. I think we're going to lose to PSG. Leipzig is going to destroy us. So, And I feel like Atalanta went really far last year. They could do it again. Ajax plays really exciting football, even though they lost a few players. So, yeah, I'm excited for that group. I think Atalanta is um, I guess underrated by like the general football community, just because I think... They they're a dangerous like team. Their their offensive like scheme is probably like it, it might be the best in the Italian league in terms of just how in terms of pure goal scoring ability. I think they're underrated for it. I think what was it like ninety goals last season or something like that? Jesus, that's wild. Yeah, and and it's not just it's not just like they can score goals. It's not like they just score goals in the smaller teams. We have seen them like score like three goals against teams like Juventus and Inter Milan. And um, I was actually rooting for them to be like the underdogs who, you know, managed to beat the like. I mean, they were so close to beating uh, PSG. If it wasn't for Eric Chupamontan, uh, they would have, they have uh, gone through with that. And um, I feel like this year, they're just going to be better because somehow they've managed to keep hold of their best players. Like, I haven't seen a lot of their, like, example, like Gomez and Zapata. Those two players were like quite uh, instrumental in their success, and I feel like even Elicic, but I'm not sure about his situation. Uh, but they have managed to keep a hold of a lot of the players. I feel like Ajax 
from that group specifically i am predicting liverpool and uh, atlanta to go through mm. uh, because i feel like ajax lost donny van de beek uh, and from the the special team from 2 years ago young is gone delet has gone zh is gone as well yeah just so so i mean there's only like i think tarry fico who's left and i just don't think they have that enough quality but you, the ajax academy was world one of the best in the world um so in 2 3 years i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they have like these young so like coming out i wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to me to see them make a run like that again within the next two seasons i just think this year in those in the games they'll be playing in their group I think Liverpool's obviously the better team like hands down no doubt and I think Atalanta might just be like too much for um Ajax to handle. Could I add even I'm a United fan even though one of the most exciting groups is for me is the United one I am not 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 happy about it. <laughs> I, I I don't blame you. I think like they made a deep run last year without Timo Werner like particularly there. I think PSG I think they're only going to improve. I think Neymar is kind of settling into this um playmaker role now. And I think like instead of like, you know, just destroying defenders on the flank now, I think he's starting to run the team a little better. And I think it's uh, I don't know how how much they've improved specifically in the transfer market, but I still think they're going to be as dangerous as they were last year. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't agree with me, but I feel like last season was Neymar's best season ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if you'll agree with this, but um You watch the like Neymar right now. It's become he's become so much more mature, and he's just become so much more of a complete player, and he's become a leader. And I feel like that is going to play a big role. And I feel like PSG is again going to go. I I do think PSG has the firepower to win the win it this year instead of just going to the final. I have a controversial opinion as well. I feel like Bayern isn't going to do well this time. Like mm. it, it, I'm not I'm not saying it it doesn't have the, a really good team. It does have one of arguably the best starting eleven, and but it just I'm scared. Like let's say Kimmich gets injured, right? And who's what's their depth in right back? What's their like Harvey Martinez isn't there? He he's gone. Thiago Thiago is a massive massive loss. Right? And, yeah. Um, like their midfield, even the the Lewandowski's um, second option, Hugh uh, Sense. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. I think he also left. So. It just, I, I'm scared that if they get an injury to Lewandowski, if an injury to Muller, wh- wh- who's going to step in for them? Like, they, there's no Coutinho, there's no Ivan. Is Ivan Perisic still there? I'm not sure. Of course, Leroy Sané is still there, but I just joined. But I don't know. I just feel like they don't have that squad depth that's needed right now. Like one or two injuries and the team could crumble. I think um, I don't know if not do well is how I'd put it. I think they will probably. underperformed just a little bit compared to last year but i think um considering that i think uh comens only getting better i think alfonso davies is only getting better uh, i think sane now joining is going to make them more of a threat i think the only thing they the main thing they have to worry about is losing thiago like 100% but and they won't they won't be the machine of a team that they were last year you know 8-2 barcelona and it's pretty much destroying most of the teams in their way but i still think like I don't know. I say I also Bayern every year. They go to the semifinals anyway. And I think it's just going to happen again. Even if they don't go to the finals and, and like, you know, perform to the same level, I think they'll still be like semifinalists. But aren't we forgetting something? Didn't they just sign like the best, most exciting player in Europe? Eric Schopenhauer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. I'm right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How can we forget? Lev- I'll, if Lewandowski gets injured, there's no issues. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> they might get better. You know, Lewandowski gets injured, they finally give the the greatest a, ch- a time to shine. <laughs> no, but I think um, I think PSG is going to be better this year. I think they'll be more cohesive as well. I also think as a team, they don't really. Like, I've been saying this forever. I just don't think like they have. They've had that like pedigree for the Champions League for a while. I just think that like so many years of being knocked out in like disappointing ways, it kind of builds on you. But I think now that they've like reached the finals and then like all of them have that like collective experience from it, I think they'll only be better. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of the uh group of death by the way, how far do you guys think Man U is going this year? In the Europa League? <laughs> <laughs> 
So you do you do you not think that make it past lives again to PSG? In my heart, I want to say this squad isn't good enough for that. I wouldn't be surprised though if Ole just like hunkered down, motivated the guys to win a few games in the group stage, and get us through to like the quarterfinals or something. Because that's always what happens with this guy. When his back is against the wall, because he put himself there, let's just make it this clear, right? He then motivates his players, and then United go on a freak run, win a bunch of games, and then they're fine again, right? Calling Lingard to score a winning goal against PSG. <laughs> making Lamar and then Taylor Navas. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I really want to see that happen. But um, I also think, I mean, I don't dislike all. He seems like a... He doesn't seem like a problematic manager in any way. Not at all. He's a nice it. guy. But should yeah, a nice like a guy, guy be like the main manager at Man United? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's my thought process. I just think like... I also think he's one of the best bag chasers in like professional <laughs> soccer. I think that like... You're absolutely right. I think that like as soon as like... You know, as soon as the press is starting to say like... Oh yeah, we got to fire this guy. This is like he's got to go. That's when he's at his best. That's when he's like... You know... At his peak as a manager. Yeah, he performs under pressure. What else can you say? I mean, he did get his job because of beating PSG 3-1 at Paris. So, I mean, you never know. But if I'm being honest, I feel like United does have the team to beat the likes of RB Leipzig and PSG. I'm not saying that a team is like better. It's just the style that our players have been playing under that, like Mourinho and even a little bit like Ole. That counter-attacking style, and I think I mentioned that earlier, it's very, um, it's built into the system. Even the uh, the game against Newcastle recently, our winning goal, the one that Bruno scored, that was a counter-attacking goal. And that's when I feel like our team is at its mo- most comfortable. I agree. And I feel like that would be the key um, if Maguire can, like, you know, get his head straight and he did <laughs> kind of uh, against Newcastle. But I, I feel bad for the guy, if I mean, I feel bad for Maguire. Wait, so I'm... I'm not entirely sure. He is still captain of uh, Man U, right? Yes. So, I was going to say, like, who do you think should be captain and why is it not Bruno Fernandes? Bro, it has to be Bruno, right? He's the only one who has the mentality to, like, motivate yeah. the team or whatever. Maguire just stands there with that face of his. Uh, I don't know. I don't like <laughs> the guy. I feel like I feel like these guys decided to make Maguire captain very quickly, and then they saw Bruno walk in <laughs> and just saw how Bruno basically led the team by himself, changed the entire fortunes, and they realized, oh, at this moment they knew they well, I don't know if I can say that, uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it has to be it has to be Bruno. I mean, the man not only leads by example but by character, by attitude. He is a born winner, like. He, the thing is, I'll give you an example, right? So he, if he, if he, let's say, does can't make this one pass, he doesn't make a back pass. He's always looking to go forward. He's always looking to, you know, take those risks, take those those things that basically make the team win, you know. And his pass percentage, like I remember in uh, in some summer uh, when we didn't sign him, and then we signed him in the next Jan. The reason why apparently the reason why he wasn't signed was because he had a terrible he had, he used to give away the ball very quickly, uh, and that's what the United scouts, the geniuses, they thought that Bruno Fernandez is well equipped for Manchester United. You know, uh, is it Fernandez? I think he prefers Bruno Fernandez or something like that. I'm not sure. Let's just call him Fernando. Um So and the thing is, the reason why he loses the ball so often is because he takes those risks that even the likes of I, I hope no one comes at me for this. Even likes of De Bruyne doesn't take. Like De Bruyne is a safe player. Like even the he has the quality to make those incisive passes, but he he makes sure that that pass is okay. You know, it's feasible. Bruno just goes for it without like you know <laughs> thinking that okay this might not work. Yeah. And I like that about him. I like I love that about him because he's always trying. Yeah. He doesn't give up, and that's what Pogba lacks. You know. For sure, and yeah, he's the only guy in the squad that does that. I think Fernandez has definitely more, um, you know, commendable mentality than Paul Pogba. I think that week in, week out, you know, you're getting more, like, intensity out of Bruno Fernandez. Also, in the De Bruyne thing, I also think De Bruyne is also, he's obviously, like, the infinitely better player. Like, that's, nobody can get that wrong. But at the same time, I guess not infinitely better, but he's obviously the clear-cut better player. But he's also given, like, the system that lets him, like, thrive to, like, you know, to, I guess, like, 
the system's catered to him for him to play really well. Whereas I think um, Man United doesn't have much of a system, and Bruno's taking on more of a load there. Whereas I think when you're you know when you're De Bruyne and you, you have that talent, and you're playing under um, Pep Guardiola, I think um, I think you're just going to be given so much more to work with. Well, we made this uh, Man United kind of hijacked the Premier League, the Champions League conversation. So let's uh, let's jump right into them because we wanted to to give a brief overview as to what the deal is with Man United at the moment. And uh, well, it's it's not great. Let's put it like that. The Premier League form is weird. Loss, win, loss, win, right? And the losses were really bad. We conceded. 10 goals, I think, just in those losses. Um, we haven't been uh, the most consistent team, to put it mildly. Especially in relation to like how we finished last year, where we were doing really well. And we had a weird transfer window. The board did not back Ole with the money. We made, a, I think, a good signing with Donny van de Beek. But I'm not sure why we made that signing in light of what our squad needs were. We've been needing a, a second defender, or really, I think, maybe two defenders now for a long time. Um, we could have used really a backup or a starter for right wing. And instead we went for a player for the future. Which, I mean, if someone like Liverpool had made that signing, we'd be like, well, that's that's the smart move, right? They're signing a player for for a couple of years from now. And then we did that, even though our squad isn't that good. But who knows? So, I mean, I gotta say, I think, like... I mean, you guys had this Newcastle win, but I think that only says so much. That's just one game against Newcastle, which I think, like, on its own, the operative word there is Newcastle. <laughs> and also... um I'd say, like, the losses have been brutal with uh, Crystal Palace 3-1, I think, and then Tottenham, obviously. Also, I, I just don't know if I think they've, like, addressed this properly in the transfer window at all. I think Cavani is, like... I mean, I think it was unfair for him that he's a free agent. I think he's better than that. I think that, like, some team should have signed him, 100%. I just don't think Man United really is that team. Not at all. Like, that doesn't make a lot... How do you guys see him fitting into, like, your roster, just out of curiosity? I would hope he's not the starter, right? Yes, I mean, yeah, I definitely hope that. But besides the PSG game, just for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just scared that bringing Edinson Cavani in, it's just going to ruin Greenwood's, like, like if, if Greenwood's development was to stop, I would prefer Sancho stops it than, like, Edinson Cavani stops. And I feel like, I feel like now our system's gonna be a little weird. But like if you if you look at how Ole's you know been playing us, it's it's this transitional, uh, this dynamic front three, right? Where Greenwood can play a striker left wing as well. He keeps swapping with Rashford. Marshall keeps swapping with Rashford. Marshall keeps swapping. Yeah. But you bring Cavani into the systems. How does that work? Cavani can't play on the left or the right. He is a poacher. He's a target man. You know? So. What happened to that entire system that you've built and you've trained your team to do? Um, on top of that, I feel like, yes, our transfer window was a mess. And I blame the likes of Glazers and Edward Wood for that. Um, but I feel like it, 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 if you look at a defense, right, that you can... I Like, look at Crystal Palace, right? Crystal Palace, they don't have the likes of Upamecano or Rafael Varane in their defense. But they still defend like a unit. They still defend well. They are well structured. And why is United crumbling when someone's running at them? Why is Lindelof way out of position? Why can't why can't Maguire why is Maguire tackling Luke Shaw? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't get it. It's just it's just like I feel like it that some blame has to go to the players and the manager as well. Because we haven't started off well. Okay, the first game, all right, against Crystal Palace, we were not fit. You know, mat match up. Next game, yeah, we won, but they hit the post like what six times. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not right. I mean, that's not how United. Also, 
that Brighton win is just the least, I guess, you know, convincing win that one could possibly get. That's that's like a they brought it back to like Fergie time for that to win that last game. Like I don't know. I think Newcastle is the only mildly convincing win, and even then, again, I already said that. But um, but they did not know, deserve think, to score four goals. Let's be clear here, yeah, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be on I was happy that Maguire. I was very happy that Maguire got a goal. I think he needed that. Uh, he's going through a tough, tough phase. Right? I mean, the yeah, the Greece and you know uh, his sending off for England. I feel like he's getting a lot of criticism. That a lot of it might be deserved, but a lot is not deserved. I feel like um, he has been doing a lot of. He's messing up a lot. Not gonna lie. But he, we know that he's a good player. I mean, he was we signed for 80 million for a reason, right? I mean, sure, that's overpriced. But he's still he's still a good player at Leicester. He was at England in the World Club. He was. So here's the thing, right? So when you look at United, it's about we need to unlock potential of a player. Why do these players come to United locked? You look at Pogba. You look at uh, Maguire. You look at all these guys, and I'm like, why are they locked in the first place? I don't get. It. Look at Thiago, right? Thiago comes in and he breaks the passing record in 45 minutes. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> You don't need this to be locked. Oh. I also think, yeah, it's like you can, yeah, obviously, like, you know, Ed Woodward at the Glazers are at major fault here for what's happened so far. But I also think, like, you know, I just think, I mean, I can't want to blame Ole because they've had, they've gone through many coaches at this point. But also, I also will say that, like, you know, Harry Maguire looked very good in the World's Cup, very good for Leicester. Paul Pogba was like top five midfielder in the world for Juventus. Yeah. Like that can't be understated. They might have overpaid quote unquote a little bit. And it's also embarrassing that yes, he was their own like, you know, former like youth player at one point. But I will say like he was one of the best. He was a he was like a team of the year midfielder at one point. And so we have not the best seasons of like all their big transfer window like acquisitions. Romelu Lukaku, Paul Pogba, so off the top of my head, Harry Maguire. They've always played their best right before joining Manchester United. Or right after leaving them, right? For Lukaku. Yeah. Lukaku. I mean, yeah, Lukaku was a monster for Everton. And then he's, all, he's also looking really good for Inter Milan. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> There's a clear issue here. And no, I, I feel like Ole is a really good motivator, but he's not tactically intelligent. Nor is yeah. he... He shouldn't be in charge of, like, developing players, right? Because there's nothing in his track record that shows that he's like a genius coach or whatever. He took down, he brought down, what was it, Cardiff? They were relegated when he was their manager. And then he was the coach for like, I don't know, a team in Norway. And I guess they won the league, but like, does anybody know anything about the Norway, Norway dish league or whatever? You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want to slander the Norwegian league, but at the same time, like, again, it's it's not, you can't even use that to evaluate the standards of the Premier League. It's just like, you know, so much more intensity, just different level of competition, level of pressure. Yes. So, having decent results for the Norwegian league and also scoring one of United's most clutch goals ever is not the resume <laughs> for, like, the manager of Manchester United. <laughs> for sure. I agree with that. I feel like he, he has the sense of what he wants, but he just doesn't know how to do it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, he and wants like, to play yeah. the way so Alex did. Like, you can see that, like, in his interviews and everything. We know that he wants to play the way Sir Alex did. He just doesn't know how Sir Alex did it. And yes. I mean, he's, it's Sir Alex Ferguson. Of course, it's not that easy. But, like, it just, we need someone. I mean, I mean player, managers like Pochettino, Allegri, they are out there. You know, they don't have a job. And I feel like yeah. realizing that, okay, you know what, it's Manchester United. He needs to get some results. He needs to compete for trophy. He needs to do that. But then again, is it playing like, is playing like Sir Alex right now the best thing for this team, for this group of players? Because you just said we're really good on the counterattack, right? And that's when we won our best games. We beat City twice last season playing on the counterattack. And then all of a sudden he wants to play this possession-based football And I mean, fair enough, like, that looks good, but we never do well with that. We were playing against Newcastle like that, and what happened? We conceded, yeah. and then we grinded out the result playing on the counterattack. I also, yeah, you need to commit to your philosophy. 
I think that's a, that's been a major issue with them. I also, you, she, she mentioned um, Marisha Pochettino, and I really like that pick for um, Manchester United. I think it's unfair that he hasn't been hired yet. Yes, like I don't blame for I don't blame Tottenham for like firing him. I don't think that's a bad move at all. I think it makes a ton of ton of sense. I think with where that team was at, bringing in Mourinho at this exact time makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, I think he's just too good of a coach to like be unemployed. Yep, I completely agree. Yeah, I think he's able to get players to perform so much pa- farther. I guess past their expectations. He, yep. Like we've seen that like. With so many of the players that Tottenham developed over those years, I think that's a lot of that is a direct result of him, and I think he'd have a really good impact on like the young players, like Greenwood, Rashford, Marshall. For sure. Yeah, one more. I mean, the likes of, I mean, if you look at it in a way, he made Delhi Ali. Of course, like people aren't he. Delhi Ali has his own like, I don't know, moods, uh, where he performs and then he doesn't perform. But he made Delhi Ali the best prime Delhi Ali that we saw was potentially future Frank Lampard level, you know? He could have been that. Yeah. He, could have. Uh, he just didn't achieve that potential. Uh, he made Harry Kane. And personally, I feel like right now, he's the best striker in the league. Uh, of course, Aubameyang is up there with him. Um, but I do think Harry yeah. Kane is the best striker in the league. And I think... Aubameyang, the, yeah, I, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I would say Aubameyang's better, like, generally. I think Aubameyang's the better player. I just think at this moment, like right now during the season, just with recency bias, Harry Kane is just doing better right now. Also, like Harry Kane became Benzema for some reason, right? <laughs> he now drops into the midfield and he gives out all these assists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, even today against... Um, West Ham. West Ham. Even today, like this connection between Son and uh, uh, Harry Kane, yeah. he's like, I don't know... I, Carlos Tevez and Rooney, or Cristiano Ronaldo and Rooney. I mean, it, it's it, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I have Harry Kane in my FPL team when I made him captain, and he delivered. Nice. <laughs> oh, I actually had a I had Bruno today in a fantasy, and I had him as captain, so it actually worked out well for me. Oh yeah, uh, he, you know, at, at one point when he missed the penalty, he was at like minus one, and I was like, oh, a lot of people <laughs> must made him captain, and then he just go. He's a stat paddock, if I'm being honest, you know. Yes. He just manages to get stats. I don't know how he just does. <laughs> I think he is. Um, he's very good for fantasy though, because you'll get a penalty out of it most of the time. Like, yeah. it's reliable. Yeah. In in the words of Mourinho, uh, oh, they wouldn't like it if the the sixteen yard box was, you know, twelve yard box. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like there are a few bright spots in United like we've been talking a lot of negative stuff uh, every club has like its ups and downs uh, United has been pretty much down for the last 8 years yeah. but uh, yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like the, last, the last year was very uh, positive for us like you saw Bruno we mentioned him so many times he has been debated with the likes of De Bruyne you know and his imp- impact has been brilliant so um, right, I mean, so far in the last like eight goals he scored from that seven have been penalties, and uh, he missed a penalty. How did he, how did that happen? Why the hell did he change his form? Yeah, exactly. He, he does just the, the hop skip like Jorginho, and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm just gonna look down at the ball and shoot. And of course he missed. What the fuck? His style, his style was perfect. It, it was, but still, he's he's a brilliant addition to United. Just gonna get better. And, and I feel like we spoke about Van der Beek. Uh, Van der Beek. And I feel like it's important to say that despite of us saying that, okay, we don't know why we bought him, he is a brilliant player. And I don't understand how he doesn't start more often. He hasn't gotten a start at the Premier League. He scored a goal on his debut. Yeah. I, what more does he need to do? No, and um, he's such and an intelligent player. Yeah, exactly. Looking at the Martin. the Newcastle game, you could see him moving off ball. He moves like Müller in Bayern, right? And it's just such a shame that the players at United aren't like on his wavelength, and they're all just static on offense. And you see him moving around by himself. I feel like I feel like Juan Mata uh, over the last I don't know a month. He's actually been her best player <laughs> after Bruno and like someone. He he is a genius. He is actually a genius. And I, I think I think he's one of the one of the players in the Premier League last ten years who's gone under the radar. I mean, at Chelsea, he was 
wow i saw his stats the other day and he had like some 30 assists or something in a couple of seasons and it's crazy at united he's just gone like i don't think he's gotten enough praise for what he does you know and he's uh, yeah sorry no go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I just think he's a severely underrated player. And I think also, like, I think for like, anyone who's listening to this, I think um, if they want, like, you know, an underrated highlight mix, in terms of, like, you know those uh, the generic videos you see on YouTube, it's, like, blank player 2019 skill mix goals, whatever it is. I think um, I think Juan Mata has a severely underrated one. I think um, his touch is just ridiculous, his dribbling ability. And I... Um, it doesn't surprise me that um, Jose wanted to move for him after leaving Chelsea. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I get But, um... Saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, talking about United, um, and I feel like we can... I feel like we, we do this in the end as well. I feel like we need to talk about the games that are coming up, and a lot, good, lot of good games are coming up. El Clasico, um, the Champions League first, you know, game week. Um, and well, the upcoming, basically Premier League and everything. You know, uh, I feel like before that, I need to, I need to, we need to mention Sancho. I don't think we mentioned him enough. <laughs> and I mean, um, he was the that Sancho to United was the biggest. I mean, Fabrizio Romano probably lost hours and hours of sleep just working on Sancho. You know, <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the guy. He uh, like. I was, every every United fan you asked at the start of the window, we all were like, yeah, yeah, Sancho's coming. No, 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 no need to worry. And I was one of them. I was one of them. And it was, and seeing number seven under uh, under Cavani's name, it hurts. It kind of hurts. I'm not going to lie. It kind of hurts. So I feel like we, I feel, but you know, Sancho to United is not the only like good story this year. This, this transfer window was arguably one of the craziest transfer windows I've seen in a while. Um... Chelsea, what happened? What? Where? What? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, was it playing FIFA in real life, or was it playing football manager? Yeah. <laughs> so, just to recap, that was Timo Warner, Kai Havertz, who are probably the, like two of the most like sought after like young talents at this point, right? You got Ben Chilwell, who's you know young in English, which already makes his price like forty mil. <laughs> <laughs> then you got um, who, who am I missing? I'm missing Thiago Silva as well. Bro, Thiago uh, Silva, like yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's a really smart signing, just because like you sign him on a free, mm-hmm. and just no transfer fee, get a maybe not the same level as he was at PSG, but I think in terms of they're a team who needs like some kind of veteran leadership, especially in the back line, and I think Thiago Silva definitely brings that. And then they, at least hopefully, address their goalkeeping issue with um Edward Mendy, and he's young, and I, I feel bad for him as well. Because he still has to play behind the terrible back line. Like, that, that hasn't changed that much. Thiago Silva was one siding. Chilwell's another. But I still think, like, fundamentally, they're going to be a bad defensive team unless, like, Lampard changes something. And so I feel bad for Mendy because he'll do maybe a little bit better than Kepa, which is a low bar. But I think um, <laughs> I think he's not, he's not set up for success, but I hopefully think they uh, address that as well with the, you know, young, cheap signing. I don't know. I think... I, I, don't, I can't. They saved up a lot during this, like, during like the pandemic and with their uh, transfer window ban. I, I, I expected them to like also hockey museum. Forgetting that as well. Yeah. It is. It's literally FIFA. Yeah. Another like they. Malang Sar from uh, Nice was it? Yeah, Malang Sar as well. Yeah, Nice. He's a big future prospect. Uh, and I mean, people who play uh, FIFA all might know he has a crazy potential as well. Yeah. <laughs> So, for the people who don't understand uh, real football and just play FIFA, that, that's your key to knowing how important Milan's are. Uh, but I feel like I've seen a few highlights of Eduardo Mendy. I saw some of his statistics. He, I think, was a third or something around that in terms of save percentage, while Kepa was last in all top five leagues. I think second last last. And it, that's a... Wow, how... And he, you know, you know Kepa didn't move... He didn't move like he did. He didn't even attempt at saving the ball for I think thirty percent of the goals that he let in. Like how is that? I'm a goalkeeper and I know that it's difficult to save shots that are. But you make an attempt. You don't just let it go. You know, and that's what that's what made the fact that made the entire story about Kepa you know sad 
coming on. Well, did you uh, see the goal he conceded and, this uh, weekend? The, what Southampton, right? What yeah. was that second goal? Yeah. What goal was that second goal? I think that's, that's why he doesn't attempt to save the ball, right? Because when he does attempt, that happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's rough. Even in the first game against Liverpool, or was that the first game? It was one of theirs. I remember he just gifted it straight to um, Sadio Mane. Like, he's... I think there's, there's like, you know, below average goalkeepers. I think, like... But I think just... I think Kev is at a new level of low in terms of, like, a top six goalkeeper. Mm. Yep, 100%. And Eduardo Mendy, 100% is going to be a better player. I mean, I might, like, have to play now. Never know. We never know. I, I also want to say, like, Kev was a huge prospect. I remember in, um, like, the winter of, like, the year before he was signed, I remember his release clause was still, like, 45 mil. And I remember there's heavy rumors that um, Real Madrid would try to sign him for that 45 mil and replace Keylor Navas with him. Obviously, like, it went down the way they did. You know, they got the Courtois for, like, 35 mil. <laughs> then Chelsea had to panic buy Kepa for 90. But I think, um, I don't know what happened. I think he's, he was actually rated, like, very highly. And I think people, people had very high expectations of him. I think it was more than, a, like, I think there's more substance to going for Kepa for Chelsea than just, like, yeah, we need to panic buy a goalie at some point. So, like, I don't think, so with that being said, I don't think Edward Mendy will, um, I think he'll play well. I have, like, solid hopes for him. But I think he might run into some of the same, like, or, like, similar, like, problems that Kepa did, you know? Yeah. I feel like the entire Chelsea system is a, is a problematic one. Um, because they, like, you saw the game, and you could see how brilliant they are on the attack. Like, I love watching them go forward. Pulisic is one of my favorite, like, upcoming wingers. Uh, Timo Werner, wow, what a player. Uh, Kai Howard. <laughs> He's had the most goal involvements uh, in 2020 behind only three people. And guess who they are? Messi's one of them. Messi. Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. He's only three people. Like, wow. So, so you know that in the attack, they're so good. In the back, not that the players are necessarily bad. Okay? Like, they are are poor. They are poor for at least Chelsea level. It just, the system just doesn't help them, you know. You watch the system. They make a lot of mistakes. I, I'm ignoring all of that, but a lot of the goals, they do, do concede a lot of goals which aren't actually mistakes, you know. And I think that all comes down to the system itself as well. The system is just attack-based and I think Lampard's found that balance that's needed to, you know, make sure that they are still scoring the goals while making sure the other team doesn't score. And I mean, that's football, so I think he's got to do that soon. I will say, though, given, like, their last run of games, I like Lampard and I think, um, he, like, performed well, considering, like, he didn't have the best of resources last year. He, like, got a lot of young talent to perform well. I think this is his make-or-break year, though. Which, I, which is kind of early, because it's only his second year. But after this much of, like, a, of support from his, like, board, I don't know. The They've had, like, their, what was it, their 3-3 draw to West Brom. They had their, uh, they had their most recent game. Another, um, yeah. Yeah, Southampton. Yeah, three in Southampton. Unless like unless Lampard finds the like proper balance in terms of like sustaining a good defense and also getting the best out of um Werner and Havers, because we still haven't seen that yet, in all reality. I think like I think they have to they have to start moving for a new coach as well. And I think they could also be in the market for like Koch, Allegri maybe next summer. If like just if um this like just if Lampard doesn't get the best out of Werner and Havertz. And see as well. They've given a lot of support. I'll say this, though, and it hurts me to say this. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're just going to oh, yeah. score so many goals. And Mendy will just bring some some semblance of security to the defense, you know? I, f- yeah. I feel like they're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I have, like, low expectations for them. I think um, I still think they'll play well. I just think it's just up to Lampard to, like, make that happen. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Wow, I can't imagine this team being managed by an Allegri or a Pochettino. Wow, that would be scary, wouldn't it? I mean, Allegri actually, I mean, I said that, but also I will say he's a very um, conservative and defensive coach. Yeah. It, that might not be the best fit. It would probably solve some of their defensive issues, but it wouldn't maximize Werner Havertz. But I think Pochettino, like, he's always made players, I'm a big fan of this, he's always made players overperform. And so, 
I want to say don't put that out into the world because I still hold for him at Man United. Yeah. So don't screw us up on this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not trying to jinx you guys. I also, look, I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't want to see um, Chelsea get Pochettino and it only improve like that much more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that would be... Well, oh, wait. So, on, on Arsenal, y'all signed Thomas Partey. I don't know how y'all managed that. I don't get it. I, y'all didn't speak to Atletico Madrid for that. Um, but... What do you think about that? What do you think about Thomas Partey? And do you think like he was gonna? He's the kind of player you need with players like Granit uh, Xhaka, Ceballos in the midfield already. Um, what do you think? Absolutely, I think the fact that you said it with players like Granit Xhaka and Danny Ceballos in the midfield already that shows how much we need him. And yeah. I think I think Xhaka gets way too much like slack. You know, he get, he has a lot of like pressure and criticism. Understand like half deserve, half not deserve. I still think he's a talented player. I think Danny Ceballos is probably the best source of creativity in our midfield as well. But I think we we need like a proper spine because currently Arteta plays very conservatively with us, where it's like you know you have Tierney playing like left center back, Luis Gabriel, and then Bellerin on the right, Saka on the left, and it's so many defenders just because you're compensating for the fact that you have like El Neni, Ceballos, and Xhaka in the midfield, and it's just packing so many defenders in. Just compensating for that fact. I think now, like, we also signed Gabriel for 25 mil, which I think is going to be a steal. He's, he's playing, like, extraordinarily just to start the season. I think with Gabriel, I think with uh, Thomas Party, we have, like, a proper spine in our midfield now, mm-hmm. you know? We have, like, a real, like, it's, like, properly fortified at the back. And I think, like, our if we play with wingbacks, I think they'll have more attacking freedom, like um, Saka and uh, Maitland-Niles. And I think... um. I think, like, Ceballos has more of a chance now to play, like, creatively as well. I I kind of wanted Hasim Oar, which is, like, we are going for him. It was rumored, like, Leon wanted, like, 60 mil, and Arsenal didn't want to go above, like, 45, unsurprisingly. <laughs> but I, I think he would have been a more, like, entertaining player. I think he brings more creativity, which we also desperately need. Because, like, Abba and Lacazette can only do so much. Abba's good on the wing as well, but I think, like, he doesn't have the same technical skill that, like, your traditional winger might. I think Simo Orr would compensate for that. But I think the fact we missed out on him, and then, like, it was this is a roller coaster of emotions from a window for me. We missed out on him last minute, like, deadline day. I'm watching, like, the hours, like, tick by, and we souped in for uh, Thomas Party, 50 mil. It's the best outcome I could have gone for, and I think, like, this is the best, you know, center back to defensive mid, like, spine that we've had in a long time. I think this will be a very good defensive team. They can play more, like, fluidly and with more freedom as well. I think he might be the closest thing Arsenal have had since, like, Patrick Vieira. That's the most similar player that they'll have. Ooh. They'll have had. It's a, it's a high comparison, but I think it makes a lot of sense. He's also, he's a destroyer in the back. I've seen his, I've seen him play with, like, Atletico, and, like, he, he's a monster at the back. He has such, like, long legs, and he's such, like, a present, like, threat whenever you're trying to attack. Like, if, if I was a winger, I'd be, like, concerned having to deal with party. Yeah, I mean, United fans know a little bit about people with long legs. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I mean, that's massive player comparing him with Patrick Vieira. Vieira. Um, I feel like, but you know, moving on from Thomas Partey, and I agree with a lot of things he said. He does bring. I want to. I want to give a little bit like a light on that. We aren't only talking about negative things. Lampard negatives he spoke about. Ole negatives he spoke about. But can I just speak on Mikel Arteta? You know. Um, he he has done he turned this defense that was a massive mess, all right, a yeah. huge mess into this this solid, structured, well-oiled machine. You know, I'm not and I'm using the word machine for a reason, right? Um, because they are, you know, like you saw them again in the FA Cup. We saw them at the Community Shield. We are seeing them throughout this time. You know, they play like a team, and which was. Which hasn't been seen at Arsenal since you know of the prime Arsenal Wenger era, and I would like to give kudos to him for that. Uh, I feel like he still needs to get a replacement for Messi Ozil, but yeah, overall it's it's looking good for us. I'm very happy with him. I will say like we've been a little inconsistent. I think like it's there's some bumps to work through as a new manager. I think he came in last season in the middle of the year. Like we lost recently to Man City and like. When you watch the game, Arsenal was not like... It didn't look like we were properly trying or like pressing or really going for it when we were down a goal. 
And I think that's still like an issue that he still has to fix. I think um, sometimes he can play a little bit conservatively, but also I don't blame him because otherwise we could, these could turn into 3-0 blowouts. So, so you have to pick your poison in that situation. I think like he's really good at shifting from like very fluid, like fast, like team, like counterattacking football that like, you know, very like a lot of like just one touch passing between the players are he's very good at just keeping a very like rigid defensive like game and if we need to just squeeze out a result we can do that i don't know i think he's he's gonna be the one one of the best managers in the league in like a couple of years he's the time yeah um and talking about teams in london how can we skip on uh well the elite bottlers should i say uh, <laughs> um i mean i just i just we just saw the game today he mentioned it for a second when he was speaking with Kane earlier. Um, Gareth Bale, wow, what a signing! I'm, I mean, no, I mean, I, it was kind of expected that Bale is going to leave Madrid. Uh, just didn't expect this to happen personally. Um, but he did miss a big chance today. He did, right? He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, but what do you think about Gareth Bale, Sergio Regalon, and Th- uh, Matt Doherty coming to? I keep up with like Real Madrid a lot and I think um I think Bale I I think he's he's had injuries as a problem, which is also a problem for a lot of Tottenham players. Like I don't think we'll see like a front three with like Bale, Son, Kane, Ali, like a front four, I guess. It's not gonna be like consistently together, just because those players tend to like they're not always the best at staying on field. And I think Gareth Bale, like, injuries are a problem, but I also think at Real Madrid, like he had some actual just real struggles to, like, just play and, like, get the ball forward and, like, you know, compete. And, like, it does show. Like, I, I like him a lot as a player. But it does show when, like, you know, Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. and Marco Asensio are, like, getting starting spots over him for Madrid. But I think, like, I think it's also a managerial thing. I don't think uh, Zidane had the best role cut out for him. And I think Jose Mourinho, like, probably sees him as, like, an ideal player for his system. So I guess we'd have to see. I have solid expectations for him. I, I don't think he's going to do anything crazy, break league. I don't think it's going to be like old old Tottenham Bill. I don't think we're seeing that again. Or even like early Real Madrid Bill. I, we won't see his peak, but I think we'll, it'll be a good player. I just don't think like, I don't think he's going to you know change Tottenham's like like near future in any like particular way. Well, I don't think he has that that kind of peak in him still, you know? And that's yeah. mainly because of all the injuries. Because you can see he's not as fast as he used to be. And that was such a big part of his game, right? I do think he'll be good. And I think he has a little bit of a, of a leader in him. We've seen it for Wales. Um, yeah. So I think him being alongside Kane, especially in this new role we were talking about, I think that's going to help. I actually feel like Spurs are going to do really well this season. Oh, absolutely. But, like, I'm going to say, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they got third place. Oh, nor would I. I think I think Doherty is a really good signing, and they actually got him for like surprisingly cheap. Yeah, I think it was like fifteen mil or something. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of him. He's a really hard worker, like good leader. I think Regulon is a really aggressive player, a really like intense player. I remember seeing him in Clasico matches, like just getting into like just confrontations with Luis Suarez, and I, I don't know. I, I think he's. They're bringing in players that really fit like a new mentality for Tottenham. They fit like what a Mourinho team should be like. You know, Sergio Regulon uh, finished forty nine dribbles last season. That's more than what Ben Davis, their earlier left back first choice, finished in his entire Tottenham career. Jesus. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> Ben Davis had like forty five in his entire Tottenham career, and Sergio Regulon went to forty nine, and that just shows the massive upgrade they've got in attack. I think yeah, I think Regulon will be great. He was really good at Sevilla as well. The only reason he doesn't have a starting spot at Real Madrid is just because the depth chart is also Ferland Mendy and Marcelo, and that's not easy to like break through. But I think he's like a very like very talented player. I think I think the I, I think they might have won the transfer window. It's very likely. With also Carlos Vinicius as well. I think... I don't, I don't like saying it, but I think it's very possible that they won it. 
yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Who won the transfer window? Like, who, who, which team came out the best? Uh, well, it's either them or Chelsea, right? Yeah. I think Chelsea's a very clear pick. I think Everton isn't, like, a bad pick mm-hmm. at all. I mean, yeah, we could have... I have a, I have a couple of hot picks here. I feel like it's between... I feel like Chelsea, they had the money and we expected something like this to happen from a team like Chelsea. Um, it's going to be a while because they brought in so many new players. And if I'm being honest, a couple of them weren't really required. Uh, they could have, instead of spending a lot of money on Hakim Ziyech, they could have had Callum Hudson-Nadoi and kept Willian, right? And they could have spent that money on Nuka Meccano, right? Um, so I feel like... In general, if I have a very, I mean, we, okay, there's this team in the Premier League, all right? They've played four games. They've won all four of them. They beat Leicester City 1 and they beat, well, Liverpool. I mean, we know what happened 7 2. <laughs> Aston Villa. Who saw this coming? Who saw the start coming? I feel like they have won this answer window simply because not much was expected of them. They spent like what one fifty million last year, so they no one expected them to have the money to spend anything this year, um, and they address the issues perfectly. I feel like when it comes to addressing like you know the exact issues that that the team has, I feel like no one's done that better than Aston Villa and second Everton. Um, Aston Villa bought they 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 didn't have someone who's finishing off all those chances Jack Grealish was creating. They bought Ollie Watkins, and I've seen Ollie Watkins play in the Championship. He is brilliant. I love him. I feel like he has crazy potential in front of him. He might end up at Arsenal one day. He's apparently an Arsenal fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ross Barkley, I mean, he was never a Chelsea level player. He was never a top four player, but I think he's a mid table level player. And he, I think he can do a decent job in a mid table team. And that's where I think Aston Villa might end up this season. Oh, how did I not mention him? Emiliano Martinez. Arsenal, why did you let him go? I don't get it. Okay. Why did you let him go? I have a, I have a soft spot for this man because um, with that, like, we had a very good run with Mikel Arteta. I think we like improved a lot and showed like a lot of what's to come in the future. Trended upward a lot. I think a huge thanks for that is because um, when Burn Leno was out, Emilio, Emiliano Martinez was filling in extremely well. Like he, he was clutch for us. He was really good for us in the FA Cup and whatnot. I also think like he, he'd also been in Arsenal for like maybe like seven years or something. And now he just started getting game time because, you know, Peter Cech was there before and now you got Leno, who's also a class goalie. I'm not, I think it's a good time to sell him because this is the time where his value is the highest. I think like he needs a starting spot as well. I'm not just saying that to be like cold or whatever. I think he also needs like time to play. And as much as I want to, like would love to keep him around, I think like, you know, he's no, no. He'll never have like come off better than he did in that like latter half of the season. And I, but I just think Burns, Burn Leno is also the hands down better goalie. Like he's consistently yeah. like he makes like ridiculous saves on a consistent basis. Like we're, I don't know. I'm I'm usually in disbelief whenever I see what Burn Leno does. And I think like as much as you can say Arteta and Thomas Party and all these guys will contribute to our defense, I think Leno like none of that works or happens without Burn Leno. Like it just. I think a lot of these games go from maybe a 1-0 defeat or a 2-1 win to like 3-0 losses with Burn Leno. And I think that it's just a, like, it's a, just a difference in tier of like quality. But nonetheless, I think like, I don't know, I'm, it makes sense that we sold Emmy Martinez, but I also think that like, that was, an, that was a very intelligent move for Aston Villa. They needed a goalie. They saw a guy that's like still reasonably young for a goalie and cheap, you know, for 10 to 15 mil. Very, very like shrewd signing, I'd say. But is this sustainable, though? Do we think Aston Villa can keep this level of play going on? Because you were talking about Everton earlier, and I feel like they made improvements in a way that will keep them challenging. You know what I'm saying? Because they got three midfielders in, Ducouré, Allen, and someone who's maybe world-class, right? He is. Yeah. And Hamas. Hamas is damn good. I love Hamas Rodriguez. Oh my god. I've missed watching him play like this. I, I can't say how happy I am about Hamas Rodriguez. Like, I felt so bad. The thing is, he came off the World Cup and then Madrid signed him. And at Madrid, he just didn't fit the system. He's a traditional number 10, you know. He's traditional number 10. Give him the time. Give him, let him roam around wherever he wants. Does he want to stay on the right wing? Let him do that. You know, he that's where, he li- that's where he's the best at. And I'm just so happy. I feel like he's the best signing of the summer. I feel like he's the best signing. 
Thiago could be a second, you know, close yes. second. I feel like Thiago could be a close second, but I think he's my my best signing easily. Hamas is also like, look, it makes sense. It doesn't surprise me though. Like his best years at Real Madrid were with Carlo Ancelotti, so it doesn't shock me at all that he's back to those same levels right now. I also think like it doesn't surprise me that he couldn't like get a lot of game time. One thing is when he was on loan at Munich, he was still really good, and then um. I don't know. He's he's always proven to be good whenever he's played with Ancelotti. So I think we'll just see the best out of him. And yeah, I I would say Tottenham or Everton won this window for me though. Well, speaking of Everton, did anybody watch the the Everton Liverpool game? <laughs> What the hell was that? What the hell was VAR doing at the end there? How do they call this advanced technology? Like, how can you label it as that? And how was Sadio I just, it just, what, what was that game? I don't get it. You know, I watched cricket. It's a little off topic, but cricket is basically fixed. You know, everything that happens in cricket, it's it's literally paid. The players have been paid to not play well, and I feel like VAR, it's fixed. I honestly think it's fixed. Everyone's paid to not like do the right thing. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. I mean, it overshadows the game. It overshadows the game. I feel Liverpool were. Had a really good response in general compared to like what they what they suffered uh, against Aston Villa, uh, and I feel like they did a good job. But Everton's the team in form. Yeah, I feel like it was a good game. I just VAR. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I don't know the the last like that last goal, Jordan Henderson. I think um, I also think Everton. They play kind of like dirty at times too. See what happened to um, like I mean. Look, I would hate. I, I like Van Dyke, and I really would hate to see Jordan Pickford of all players end up ruining a season for him. Well, he did, right? Because he, I think he's yeah. gonna have ACL surgery. So exactly, yeah. It's... There's this reporter I follow. His name is Jan Arg or Pef. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Sorry if you're listening to this. Hope I'm, you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he apparently reported that there is a chance that he could be out for seven to eight months, and I don't think any football fans, even if it's a United fan, wants to see that happen. I'm cool with that. I don't mind it. <laughs> no, I, I, I would be, I would be happy in terms of like United, but I I like the player. You know, he's. I don't like to watch this. I don't like this to happen. I would wouldn't wish this on any player in the world. You know, For sure. like players like Rollins have had their entire careers destroyed because of injuries. Yeah, um, ACL is a that's especially brutal one. That's hard to recover from. Yep, yep. Um, talking about derbies, um, Zlatan, the lion, the king, the I don't know what are, what other arrogant. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Zlatan. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, did you watch the derby of Milan? I didn't get to watch the entire game. I just saw the highlights. But yeah, Zlatan at the age of what? Thirty-nine. Wow! Wow! wow. Yes, yeah, so I didn't. I didn't get to watch the game, and I sorely regret it now looking back on it because that seems like that game seems like it was fire to watch. But also, I'll say, I just think um, I, I just have a take here that I I think in the twenty-first century. You know who the two best goal scorers are, obviously Messi, Ronaldo, For in sure. whatever order you want. We can have the, like that's a whole different conversation. But is it? Is it, I just want to know where do you would you say Zlatan's number three? No, I feel like he's there in top six, top five actually. So I think it's it's for me. Uh, it's Messi, Ronaldo, of course. Then it's Leva, Lewandowski, and Suarez, right? And then there's yeah. Zlatan. I think Lewandowski and Suarez are just a tier above Zlatan, but I think Zlatan's fifth for me. But like, okay, so Lewandowski and Suarez, they have started doing this late two thousand, late the beginning of the two thousands, right? So like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, Zlatan has been yeah, at this for like two solid decades, uh, yeah, and he started playing yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, that's where that's why I'm a that's why I'm saying the top three thing. I just think. Maybe yeah, single season like peak Suarez. I don't even know if that's true, but you can say that maybe he's better, and you maybe say that Suarez in from like twenty fourteen to twenty like seventeen, right? Better player, I'll agree with you. Robert Lewandowski in that same span of time from like Dortmund to now, the better player. I'd say I probably agree with you as well. But I think Zlatan has played for so long 
and has really not dipped in like goal scoring ability for this long since like he first came out of like um Sweden. Even in the Premier I don't know. I think that's yeah. yeah. He scores well in the Premier League, PS for PSG in Serie A. Like it's consistent and like he's like an ageless player in my opinion. It's yeah. just a shame I mean, he, he played so long in the in the French league. Oh yeah. I think like the fact that he didn't hasn't won at UCL is the only the only small thing that like defeats his legacy. But yeah, again, like it's it's hard to blame a player for not winning the Champions League. Although yeah. when he left Barcelona they won. When he left Inter they won the next year, so maybe it is his fault? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, it, that is yeah, he he's never had like the best of loyalty either, obviously. But like I would probably I'd put a number three on that list, just to, as a side note. Yeah. Um talking about Barcelona and Zlatan. Let's ignore Zlatan and just talk about Barcelona. Just <laughs> to Heta. Even worse, even worse. Real lost to I can't even pronounce the name of this team. What's his team? Yes. Yes, yes, thank you. I mean they lost one nil each, but um what is what are you expecting for the L Clasico coming up? Like I mean they both lost. They're both gonna try to come up with a response. What, what do you think is gonna happen? My prediction is that Real Madrid wins, but I only see the goal difference being like a two to one, one to zero. I this isn't El Clasico just as sadly will not be the same for a little bit. Unless like, you know, they'll it'll, it'll return to form again. I think they'll both teams will find their superstars in the, within the near future to go for. But I think for now, like right now, it's in a little bit of a lull. And I think Real Madrid plays very defensive football, and Barca barely plays football. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not expecting the most um, exciting match or anything, but my prediction is Real Madrid 1-0. I feel like, I feel like this, is, this, this can go two ways. Either it's one of the greatest El Clasicals we've seen in recent time, or it's the worst. Like, it, there, I don't think there's a middle ground for this. I feel like, because both teams are, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Real, I think Le, Le, Real last year was just less worse than Barcelona and they won the league. Yes, yeah, I agree, yeah. Barcelona was bad last year and Ramadan just happened to be a bit better. That's yeah. the difference. Yep, yep. So, exactly. So, um, I feel like, I actually was speaking to a couple of my friends and uh, my like we were all talking about you know Barcelona and how it's going in the start like a lot a lot of my friends are Barca fans right and in this like these guys have actually been enjoying what's going on right now you know Coutinho is playing like the Coutinho we know and it's actually really positive the atmosphere in general of course till the loss yesterday which pissed the, all of them off which was fun for me uh, <laughs> um, but I I just feel like I feel like this is gonna be a draw but it's gonna be an entertaining draw. I oh, I agree with that. That's I, fair. I think we're gonna see a, a vintage Lionel Messi game, and I I would expect like a a three all draw or something like that. Yeah, I would go with two all, but I think yeah, I think it's gonna be like a Messi late time winner gets a shot out. <laughs> Not the crowd, but let's see the camera. Yeah, <laughs> just like just to show off to like the empty stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, I feel like we should talk about. Bayern versus Atletico and United versus PSG. I think those are two massive games in the Champions League that are going to happen in midweek. And uh, Bayern attacking machines. Atletico, well, I don't know the word for that. Uh, Defensive machine? Defensive machine. <laughs> machine. Yes. Exactly. So it's going to be an interesting game. What do you all think your prediction for United and uh, Bayern game? Okay, so I think for United PSG... Actually, I'll be, I'll be kind. I'll say... um. I'll say 3-1 PSG. I think that's fair. PSG is a really good team. I think United just... It's just different tiers at this moment. But I will just... I'll be a little bit nice and say 3-1 PSG. And I'll say for Bayern Atletico... That's actually... Atletico play, can play a really... Uh, really droning game of, of, of football where it's just 90 minutes of just sitting back after going one up. But I'll say... I'll say Bayern... Byron 2-1. I think Byron's just too good for Atletico at this point in time. I'm going to say Atletico beat Byron 1-0. And I'm going to say... Oh, God, this hurts. PSG 4, United <laughs> 2. Um, I feel like... I feel like uh, 
I don't know. I I don't want to predict the United game. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> All right, let's just go with the uh, Bayern game first. I feel like it's gonna be a win for Bayern, but just like a narrow one, uh, one or two nil. Um, and I feel like United versus PSG. Uh, I feel like United is gonna lose three one. I'm gonna back Arshit's prediction. I'm gonna be nice as well. <laughs> wow, oh, that's a lot of. I don't like. It. <laughs> it could go worse, but also Man United also could just you know pull out a random win out of nowhere. Man yeah, United, it's possible. Yeah, it's very possible, but you know, realistically, who are you putting your money? If you had to put your money on someone, who would it be? I'm putting my money in that game, obviously PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, United are playing PSG on Tuesday. Chelsea in the weekend. Leipzig next week, and then Arsenal in the next weekend. <laughs> This is such a terrible yeah. run. Yeah, Ole could get fired. It's possible in this in this span of time if they don't like PSG. It's very narrow one. Uh, what's called Chelsea's not easy. Leipzig isn't easy. Arsenal's a good team. Yeah, we have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks with Ole's job. And yet, this is when Ole always finds job security, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it really is. It really is, though. Yeah, like, for some reason, he always manages it. Manages. Manages to do this. Alright, let's let's see what happens. I'm ready for Lingard goal. Let's go. Alright, so um, that's all of our time. Um, this has been the first episode of the Soccer Universe. Uh, we're excited to continue uh, moving forward from here. Uh, Fran, Yashish, any final thoughts? Well, I just wanted to apologize to all our Norwegian fans for uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> bashing their league. <laughs> I love the Nor- Norwegian league. Yep, yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. And uh, could I just say thank you to Jan Arg for the to look for hearing our podcast means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week, man. Take care. Stay safe, boys. See you guys.